I'm so excited to share this next interview with Jillian Smith with you. Jillian is such a courageous leader. She's always putting herself in new situations, which gives her an opportunity to grow, to build her resilience. And she shares so many insights and tips and strategies. You definitely have to check it out. So welcome to My Lemonade Stand. And today I'm really happy to be talking with Jillian Smith. So Jillian, I really, I like to bring topics that I think are very relevant to our careers and how we manage our careers. And what really struck me about Jillian and her career, which we're going to talk about today, is that it's very varied. And what I see is someone who defines herself um, based on transferable skills and doesn't kind of get herself into a specific job in a specific industry. And we're just going to talk about how that came about, what are the good parts, the bad parts, the 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 bumps and the benefits of that and um, and see what kind of advice we have for the folks who are listening. So thank you very much for joining us, Jillian. It's my pleasure. It's so good to be here. So I'm going to start by just talking about um, sharing a bit of your background from your bio. So Jillian is a senior bilingual leader with broad experience in the private, public and not-for-profit sectors. She's known as an effective team builder problem solver, communicator, and fundraiser with an extensive network who thrives on transforming organizations. And over the course of more than two decades, she's undertaken mandates to implement comprehensive turnaround strategies. And if we just share a few of the roles um, that Jillian has held. So currently, Jillian serves as the executive director in the office of the chair of the board at Deloitte Canada and Chile. She was the managing partner, Toronto, for national public relations, Um, And she managed through the pandemic um, in that particular role. She was the chief marketing officer at the Toronto Region Board of Trade. Canadian citizenship, she was the CEO. And she's also had roles in RBC Capital Markets as well as Aeroplan. So I think your bio speaks for itself in the fact that there's lots of variation, different roles, different industries. um, And especially there aren't a lot of people who cross over public, private, and not-for-profit. So there's diversity on a bunch of different levels. So my first question for you is um, just for you to share kind of like, how did that path happen? Was it intentional? Um, Is it something where opportunities came up and you just found them interesting? I I would be really interested to understand how your career path um, became what it was. Mm -hmm. Well, I, uh, uh, there, are, there are people I talk to today who give me the compliment of thinking that there was a plan behind it. Um, there wasn't. Uh, what there was was infinite curiosity, a lot of energy and a lot of drive and uh, restlessness. And sometimes those qualities worked in my favor and sometimes they worked against me. But what uh, what it allowed me to do is, uh, and I'm glad you said more than two decades, because it's actually almost three decades now that I've been at this, but I don't tend to admit that. Um, It's really been a journey that has been defined by opportunities that have arisen in front of me, seizing those opportunities and figuring out in the rear view, oh, I see what the pattern to all of this is. I would say that today, it's much more of a trend for people to look laterally across sectors to what they might be able to do elsewhere. But when I started out, that wasn't the case. You joined a company, you rose to the ranks, you hoped to make uh, make it to a senior level, and then there wasn't much thought beyond that. 
Um, what I found in my early days is it, it, it wasn't enough. Um, my curiosity wasn't sated by staying in one place. Um, while I try on a bunch of different hats within an organ. So what it did is it led me to uh, to opportunities across different sectors. And we can talk about this. What I learned along the way is I always brought something with me. Um, and sometimes it took me a while to realize how transferable my skills were. But once I learned that sort of midway along the way, it really unshackled me in terms of, okay, that I can actually go just about anywhere, but I have to be clear about what I bring to the table. Excellent. And and a couple of things that I just wanted to touch on that you said, one is the fact that you didn't necessarily have that clear view that this is my five-year, 10-year, 15-year plan. Mm -hmm. And I do think that some professionals might get a little bit intimidated where they see people in various roles that they aspire to, and they feel like, oh, that person planned like their first year of university, exactly what their map was going to be. And I think it's really important to understand that you you do have a plan, but it develops and it gets defined along the way. And that's okay mm-hmm. too. And to make different turns. The other thing that I thought was really interesting is you used the word curiosity. And you talked about the fact that you stay curious because what we hear a lot of as well are people who feel unfulfilled. Mm-hmm. Um, they're kind of like work has become a drag. They could do it with their eyes closed. And it sounds like that curiosity is the way I'm interpreting it is also a way for you to stay fresh and interested. And one thing, yes. Yeah, bang on. Uh, And what I would say is, in my particular case, it was also fueled by restlessness, which uh, which subsides as time goes on, but never completely goes away. Right. And then also one thing I actually wanted to ask you about is when you do just from my own personal experience in terms of going into different roles where I don't have background. um, How did you get up? Like, so there is that level where especially when you're senior, you're going in. But sometimes the industry or, or the, the the location or whatever is new to you. So how do you manage through like that learning curve of being like, OK, I have no idea about, you know, aeroplan points, as an example, or uh, or public relations. Um, like, how do I jump in and start adding value? You jump in. And uh, and you remember you remember that Mother Nature is the smartest one of all of us. And she gave us two eyes, two ears in one mouth right. and you act, you act according, you, uh, you act in proportion. Right. And so it's uh, taking the time to read everything, um, ask, uh, learn who you're going to be in front of and figure out some good questions to ask them to then, they will then guide you in terms of what your learning ought to be. Uh, I'll tell you at 30 years in almost, I'm right at that point right now. I've just joined Deloitte. And much as I've worked with this firm over the course of years, this is the first time I've sat on the inside of the house. And my gosh, I am drinking from the hot fire hose every single day. Mm -hmm. Now, I do understand why I'm here. I do understand what I've been asked to do. I do have the wherewithal having navigated large organizations to know and data. So learning how to prioritize who to meet, what to learn, and how to translate that into an effective work plan for what I've been asked to do. Those, I understand how to do those now, but I didn't know that 10 years ago. I didn't know that 20 years ago. I've learned that along the way. So um, 
you know, and, and, and your curiosity is what's going to drive you. Uh, so taking that interest, taking the time to learn and learn as broadly as you possibly can. So much as I have to learn this firm, I also have to learn how it operates in its, in its broader reality. So linking to that, you did talk about the fact that in your role, you know what you bring to the table, you understand mm-hmm. what you're there for. So I wanted to wanted you to share, as you have had such a, a, a varied career, what do you see as your core competencies that you bring to roles? Relationships, communication. It's, it's actually the first paragraph of that, uh, of my bio. Uh, I know how to I know how to make people shine. I know how to make ideas crisp and a cogent and compelling. I know that person A may know person B, but person A doesn't even know that person T exists. And I know how to bring them together for a larger purpose. Um, I know how to get ideas funded, etc. All of those skills are as necessary in the public sector as they are in the private sector, as they are in the not-for-profit sector. So you have to figure out to what end do you apply those skills? Like what's the reason that they are needed? But those skills are the same no matter where you go. What changes is the language. And so what I've found over the course of years is I've become ever more of a translator amongst those three sectors because you may have public and private Uh, with the same goal in mind, but because they have different uh, conceptions of what their bottom line is, and I'm using air quotes if you can't tell, Mm -hmm. um, and they use different language to describe how they achieve their objectives, quite often those sectors miss each other and don't work effectively together because they don't know how to talk to each other. Because I've lived in both, I get it. I get why they're talk. This group is talking this way, and that group is talking differently. And I can translate between the two groups to say, "Well, hang on a second. You're you're actually saying the same thing here, but you're describing it this way, and you're describing it that way." I'll tell you the number of aha moments I've had along the way, where I've just cleared up a bit of, you know, uh, uh, jargon for mm-hmm. for the groups around the table. It's been so helpful. Mm -hmm. So what I'm hearing you say is that a lot of those skills that you talk about are people skills related, but I don't want to minimize it because sometimes Mm -hmm. people skills or soft skills or whatever you want to call it gets kind of like second row seat, like the front row seat Mm -hmm. is for those hard skills, if you want to call them that technical skills. But what I'm what I'm interpreting from what you're saying is a lot of those technical skills like you learn it by like sitting with subject matter experts, reading those manuals, reading the material, getting that expertise in whatever the field is that you happen to be working in. But what translates, because of course, every industry you go in, it's still human beings, are those skills. So like that, as you said, a a lot of it is that relationship building and understanding how to get, like when you talk about getting things funded, it is about communicating and understanding mm-hmm. how to communicate in a way that people see the value and they're willing to buy in. So what I'm hearing is how important it's like, kind of like the glue that gets all those technical benefits that you have on the front stage. So people get it kind of thing. Would that be true? Yeah, that that's yes. Yeah. What, 
what I would say is nobody is going to hire me for my engineering skills, <laughs> figure out what on earth these engineers are doing and be able to tie them to the people who either need to use their service, buy their product, understand the inventions that they're creating, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, these engineers are brilliant engineers. They may not be the best communicators. They may not be the best relationship builders. Some are. Some aren't. Um, but the reason I'm there is I can translate what they're doing to a different audience. Otherwise, you'd have engineers twirling away doing genius work that no one knows about. Right. Exactly. And people with a problem that needs to be solved mm-hmm. and they don't understand that you actually have the solution to their problem. Right. Exactly. So I wanted to ask you, what, what what benefit, how do you think that you benefited from having such a varied, I think you kind of touched it on, on it already, but if we could just zero in on how does that latitude of experience, because there are a lot of people who it's very intimidating for them to go into something, again, from a technical perspective, that's new. But again, mm-hmm. they're not going in, like you said, they're not being hired as the engineer, but just the whole fact that the industry is new to them or the area of the same industry is new to them, they find that very um, intimidating. So what would you say would be the big benefit of taking that jump and saying, yeah, I'm going to jump in. I don't really know a lot about this, but I'm going to learn along the way. Well, it's just that. It's the learning. It's the learning that you'll you'll gain. It's the perspective that you'll build. It's the relationships you'll form. Those are all, um, and it's, it's challenging yourself. Um, if you're if you're a bright, uh, highly skilled technical person in one area, have faith. Those those great skills that you've built over the course of your lifetime will take you interesting places it will take it will take time it won't happen overnight nobody learns anything overnight um but the 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 gains that you reap are um are are are, are, are manifest I, I mean i'd, I'd equate it in our personal lives who doesn't travel and learn something new about the world that's that shapes your perspective in a different way right it's the same idea it's you're you're learning something that is accretive to your experience as a human being, and uh, at best, uh, when this happens, the the best part that comes out of it is you have an appreciation for the other. You can see life from a different perspective, uh, and that makes you a fuller and more complete human being. In my in my estimation, uh, it makes you more empathetic, more compassionate. It makes you uh, a, a fuller professional because you can you don't attra- you don't uh, confront a problem in only one way. You have a, a number of different ways of looking at a particular problem. It's enriching in every sense of the word. Absolutely. And then I wanted to. I know that in addition to your professional life, I know that you're very committed to your volunteer work as well. And I wanted to ask you, how do I mean, I know that you don't go into your volunteer work specifically for professional development, but I do wanted to understand um, how your volunteerism does support you from a professional de- de- uh, perspective as well, because I just think yeah. it's huge. It, it is. It is. It's one of the best gifts that someone can give to themselves is getting involved in the community mm-hmm. and in any which way uh, you see fit, whether that's. Uh, you know, frontline work where you're helping uh, pack food boxes or serving on a board 
or volunteering at uh, one of your kids' events at school, it's all good. Um, and I've benefited enormously from my volunteer career. So if I rewind right back to the beginning, I wanted to get to know my new city. Uh, I, I moved to Toronto. I knew no one. And so I just wanted to get involved, make friends, learn about my new city. And so I did. What I didn't know then, but know now, is I was building an entire second career in the community. And along the way, I learned things in that second voluntary career that were still years away in my professional career. So I gave my time, my energy, my ideas, my nascent network, and uh, my few professional skills. I gave those all in service to the community. And I got back uh, learning like strategic planning, hiring and firing of a CEO, uh, fundraising, um, you name it. Uh, if I had waited for my professional life to, to offer me those skills, some I would never have gotten on the path I was originally on. And some it would have taken me decades. Mm -hmm. It sped up my career. Now, I didn't do it for that reason. I did it for literally for community, for friendship for being involved, because that's always been a part of my life. Um, but I look back on it now and say, oh, my gosh, you know, that double career that I had, and by the way, took out some of the uh, restlessness I had, took it, took up some of that surfeit energy, certainly fueled my curiosity. It, um, it, it, I look back now. When I think, oh gosh, that really sped up my career. Um, but it took who didn't care that uh, she just cared about the fact that I had the skills. So, and I think ever more, that's an ever more, ever more uh, important point that now that I'm the one doing the hiring, I am as focused on what somebody does in the community as what they've done in their professional life, because I know there's learning and relationships and perspective and all of that that's been built outside of the working environment. So to me, that's just as important. Yes. Yes, I agree. Absolutely. hundred percent. And I wanted to wrap up by um, just capturing when you are making these bold moves in your career, jumping in the deep end, getting into things that you don't necessarily have a lot of experience in and you're coming up the learning curve, sometimes it's going to work out great, but sometimes things are not going to go exactly as you had planned. And what I wanted to understand from you is what sorts of tools do you have available to kind of process when things don't go well and get yourself refocused to move on to the next thing and not get bogged down with some of that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I would say, first of all, as a person, I don't tend to dwell. Um, I, I try very hard to take uh, whatever it's been uh, learning, good or bad. Um, okay, I've learned this. Fine, that was rough. Let's move on. Uh, I don't, I don't dwell and and mull and and I'm just not like that as a person. However, uh, what I will say is, over the course of years, uh, I've learned not to make uh, completely rash decisions. Um, and what I, and I'll take the time to use my sounding board. So my my trusted friends, my network of close advisors, to say, okay, I, I'm feeling this. First of all, I'm I'm thinking this is what's going on. Am I crazy? Is this? Am I seeing this right? Um, because you do, I don't necessarily have the best perspective on myself. 
right? So I rely on those people who know me and know what I'm capable of to say, am I seeing this right? And so, you know, I, I was recently in a, in a situation where um, I, I just, I just was not on the same page as the leadership of the, of an organization. And, um, but I'm at a time in my life where changes are, changes get bigger as you move along. Um, and I have a family, I have responsibilities, da, 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 da. So I, I take change seriously. I'm not afraid of it, but I take it seriously. Mm-hmm. And so I really mold. Am I seeing what I'm seeing? correctly and finally I decided to I decided you know I can't uh, I can't live this experience each and every year when we get to this point in the calendar I see this for what I believe it is I don't ascribe to the same values as this organization I need to go. I'm not going to change the organization to go. Uh, it's not It's not the right fit for me. But it took me really checking in with people who know me well. Mm-hmm. Um, and they also gave me the boost I needed. Oh, mm-hmm. Jillian, no, you know what? You deserve better than that. You, I, There are so many different ways that you can apply your talent. And, and that, little, that little bit of encouragement was really helpful. It doesn't matter how long you've been working. That kind word given to you and and to give you the confidence and faith in yourself again, that that means the world. Mm -hmm. So, well, thank you for that. And I think there's a lot that we packed into a short discussion, but a few of the takeaways that I have is one, you talked about staying curious and um, making sure that what you're doing is something that's interesting to you. You talked about believing in yourself. So believe that, you know what, you've done this before, you'll do it again in terms of coming up the learning curve. Um, you talked about broadening your experience or, or sorry, defining yourself by your core attributes. So if you haven't, if people haven't done that, that would be a really good um, activity to do as opposed to just your functional and your technical mm-hmm. skills. What are your transferable, broader leadership skills that you bring to the table? Um, and then I heard you sharing about volunteerism and the fact that I mean, it's value in and of itself, just in terms of your commitment to the community. Mm-hmm. But as this fringe benefit, there's just all of this other stuff that just comes back to you when you choose to give. And from a professional development perspective, uh, my experience has been you're a jack of all trades sometimes. So then you end up doing all kinds of things that you wouldn't do in a very defined role. So that's a big boost from a from a um, development perspective and building your mm-hmm. skills. And then I, I also heard the fact that you have a strong network of um, friends, colleagues, advisors, just your trusted group of people who you can bounce things off of and who you can trust to tell you the truth about things mm-hmm. and give you that perspective um, so that you're not always just going from your perspective, because you did say that you're not always, you don't always have the best perspective when you're mm-hmm. looking at yourself. So I think all of that are really good. Um, it's a really good package of skills, tools, strategies and things that we can use to um, incorporate into how we navigate our careers. So I want to thank you very much for this um, conversation. It's always great talking to you. And I wish you the great success in your new role. And I know that you're going to do well, just as you have in every other role that you've um, that you've tackled in the past. If you enjoyed that interview, please subscribe to my YouTube channel, My Lemonade Stand. You can also stream it off of your favorite podcast streaming platform. Looking forward to seeing you next time.